Welcome back to Noise Extra. I'm Gray Holger, here with my co-host Tara Connolly. Hi there. Mike Connolly. Hello. And our guests, Richard and Sean ramirez Matsis. Hello. Hey guys. Did I get that right? Yay! <laughs> no, I'm worried. I feel like you got it. I felt like you got it. Um, All right. It'll give us something to worry about later. But yeah, you know, I can of dub course, that in. Uh, you know, Sean and Richard, a.k.a. Black Leather Jesus, a.k.a. Pink Trade, a.k.a. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and start because yeah. I've been like, dying. This could go on for a while. I've been dying. <laughs> this name has been killing me this week. Uh, what is giraffe detaching a suitcase? Yes. I I feel you know I I feel like I I I know a lot of the references for a lot of the project titles a lot of the song titles I'm in the dark on this one. We've been jamming it, still don't been know. Been listening to it a lot. I'm in the dark. Yes. Tell us about giraffe detaching a suitcase, please. Well, we wanted to do a project that was a little bit more experimental than just noise and you know I. The name actually was something that was just random on the internet. And okay. uh, uh, so it doesn't have a, a meaning or anything. It was sort of, uh, I guess, inspired by abstract expressionism mm -hmm. and some of those titles. Um, but we wanted to do a project that was more abstract than just, you know, noise assault. And um, so we just started doing a couple of releases and, you know, online releases at first. And uh, then later we actually did a physical release, but we haven't done anything in a while with that project, but it's something that I would like us to do more with because we've tried to do other projects before. Um, like obsession was another project that was a lot of just feedback, just constant feedback and not really much of, of anything else uh, because I like the sound of like just screeching feedback over and over again. And so we did a project like that years back and I was really proud of those obsession releases too. Those were, those were, I don't know. We've only done two of them. Um, <laughs> now I want to check a that long out. Time. So um, we actually don't record <laughs> that often together. Not together. Oh really? <laughs> oh really? Yeah. So, yeah. It's sad, but <laughs> no, um, sometimes he'll work on something and then I'll work on something and then I'll put it together. And, um, or other times it's, if someone's visiting and, you know, we'll record with them and then we'll get that put out. Uh, but a lot of times we, we don't record together. There are, there are certain projects that are almost always a record together thing. Yeah. But there are, there are a lot that, that, um, that tend to be constructions. <laughs> yeah. Like for example, uh, that project, uh, gourmet shit scene. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. <laughs> that's actually something that we record together all the time. So we actually do record that together. 
We have um, been discussing this a lot. Yes, one of Tara's favorite titles. And one of my is, favorite titles: is, uh, um, nonstop, nonstop mutual uh, sucking. And are you new? And it's <laughs> so like, so we just keep saying to each other, like, "Are you new to the gourmet shit no, scene?" Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Conflating the uh, yeah. the taint new to shit scene yes. and gourmet shit scene. We're, we were curious if you ha- if if you could be in the gourmet shit scene if you were new to the shit scene or is it is this more of an <laughs> yeah. is this more of an elevated uh like do you scene? start out in the shit scene and then you earn the right to be in the gourmet shit yeah. scene yeah well so that, so that one came directly directly out of i can't remember if it was apocalypse culture 1 or 2 but we were just flipping through one of the books. And that's, sometimes that's, that's how these things work. You find like one like sentence in something and it becomes a title for something. Yeah, but yeah, totally. it came yeah. directly out of either. I can't remember if it was apocalypse culture one or two. I think it was two, but I'm not I, sure. You know what? Yeah. When you're saying that it's, I, I, I too came right into my head, but I don't, I can't even think about where, which chapter it's from or what. I'm, I'm almost absolutely certain that there's a chapter in two that, that is describing what to eat to, you know, flavor. Yeah. That's wonderful. <laughs> now, now is is does black leather Jesus? Do you guys do that together, or is that also constructed sometimes? Well, we record. We together, record it together. Yeah, and then with some of the other members from Texas, we uh, will add their stuff later. They send us source material, and then we'll go back and and layer it with with our work. And um, there are a couple of releases that it's just us, but um, we've, we've done it where we've just asked them to submit material to us and for us to uh, just layer them with what we did. And uh, you know, that there's been a couple of times where we've had members here or we were with them that we could, you know, use, uh, do a recording together. But since we've been up here, uh, most of them haven't been able to visit us yet, and uh, some of them are, are planning to um, once all of this is. Yeah, I think there were more plans, uh, you know, before oh, yes. uh, before the apocalypse started. But, well, yeah. absolutely. I mean, I know there yeah. was there was talk of maybe trying to plan you guys coming out here at some point, and uh, yeah. you know, obviously, who knows, you know, when that's going to happen. And that's actually kind of kind of the way we do. Sometimes episodes, we may plan them around a, a, th- a, a specific date. Maybe it's someone's birthday. Maybe it's something. But this one was just, we've just been in a huge, just Black Leather Jesus, Ramirez, just deadline zone. So yeah. it was actually Tara. She's like, why don't we just interview him this week? I'm like, oh, yeah, great idea. Like, so that, yeah. that's literally how this just kind of came about. Does Black Leather Jesus basically denote that there's going to be multiple people on the recording or at, or in the live show? Well, we would like it to be. Uh, it isn't always like that, um, especially live. Um, but we we would like it to be in the recordings as, as much as possible. But sometimes, you know, some of the members are not able to get us material in time for some of the releases that we have deadlines to meet. And um, it's pretty rare, though. I mean, even even the, the the live sets and stuff like that. We've gone out and done a couple here or hereabouts, and I mean, obviously, like the hospital fest and stuff like that that we right. did yeah. as Black yeah. Brother Jesus. That were just the two of us, but it's it's 
it's rare. <laughs> yeah, because right. when we did the tour in Texas, I mean, obviously we were able to have some of the other members involved for that tour with Hiroshi. Um, but we would like to do more, um, have them more involved with live shows. And so sometimes we try to not do Black Leather Jesus shows without them. Um, Cause I don't, I don't want it just to be us because the whole purpose of when I first started Black Leather Jesus was to have a rotate and lineup. Um, awesome. And so I wanted it to, to kind of stay that way. Um, but again, there are times when we're asked to do that project uh, live and we're not able to have other people come up here for those shows. So we just, we end up doing them ourselves. You guys just recently did a tour, right? In, in March. Yep. Yes. And was wow. now, was that with last tour? Yeah, right. Was that <laughs> yeah. with uh, anyone else from Texas or was it just the two of you yeah. in, as the lineup? Yeah, Kevin Novak and uh, Domikos came up and and were involved in uh, uh, the Black Leather Jesus sets. We also had a couple of like uh, guest spots on a couple of the tours and stuff like that. Yeah, um, uh, Thomas and uh, Eric. Yeah, uh, were involved in so those. Eric Blitz in New York and and Thomas Buffalo and yeah in uh, uh, New Jersey worked with us. Yeah, Thomas is actually now a member of the band, so. Official. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Nice. He's um, coming up here uh, in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Something like and that. we're going to record some Black Leather Jesus stuff with him. Nice. So do you do you have an actual studio in your house? Yeah. I mean, we have a room that yeah. we record. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it's a room and a mixer, and we carry the computer in and, uh, you yeah. know, oh, plug, I love plug, it. plug everything up. So, yeah. But we do have a space. But, yeah, there is a, yeah. there is a dedicated space that is just for that yeah so. i saw a photo of the uh space the other day with all your stuff set up in it sean uh yeah. i yeah. tend to think of richard as a minimalist when it comes to gear from the times i've seen him perform throughout the years but and and in black leather jesus but uh that doesn't seem to be true of uh, your approach with thin well, mountain <laughs> that, that 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 was that was just one of my setups and that that's, that's one particular project <laughs> where i use a whole lot of stuff Oh, I I even do a lot of very minimal projects, but that particular one, it's uh, it's always been the the uh, the the more is more approach, right? So, <laughs> yeah, that's usually. But we we, we have a fair amount of stuff. It just doesn't all get used. Yeah, I was going to ask Gray <laughs> if he had here. seen that because you had a juicy setup, very <laughs> juicy. <laughs> Thank you. That's him. All the gear stuff is is, is him. I have awesome. about three pedals, and he's the one who has others. I, I don't. <laughs> wow. I love that. And you, and I think you had kind of mentioned, uh, you know, from the, um, in the Harsh Truths uh, podcast, Richard, that one of the things you started with, you were recording, if I'm not mistaken, on like one of those like record players that had a tape player in it yeah. kind of thing. That's crazy. Yeah. 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 I like, I, I was listening to some of those really early recordings. Like you can just, I don't know, you can kind of feel that just like, there's that I don't know. There's that nice minimal low fineness, but it's it's still somehow you know it's big. Yeah, something you know? about recording on cassette like that is so good. Yeah, yeah. What my ma- uh, my grandmother had the stereo, and uh, she gave the stereo to me after my grandfather passed away, and 
because she was going to get rid of it. He was the one who always listened to music. And so she didn't want it anymore. And I told her I would like to have it. And, um, and it had a tape deck. It had input output in it. And I was just messing around with it and was able to just record on it. And I could control the, the volume, the levels with just the adjustment of, of like bass and all that stuff. I was able to, it had an equalizer. I could, you know, control all that stuff. And so I could record just straight to tape. And that's how I did a lot of my masters using that stereo. And then I used the turntable um, for some of the releases and I could actually still plug into it and also use the turntable at the same time. And so everything was still able to be mixed together, you know, at that moment. So uh, I, I utilized it for quite a long time. Um, but it was, it was a lot of fun. And then just one day it, it started to smoke. And <laughs> 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 while, you were, while you were recording? <laughs> yeah. Do you remember what, did, did, did you remember what, what release you would have been recording? Yeah, it was actually, um, it was, I think it was Nature's Afterbirth. Is, oh, uh, wow. So what harsh. A, dude, what a title, <laughs> by the way. Um. <laughs> So, but the first tapes were black leather, under Black Leather Jesus, correct? Yes. And was that yes. you solo, or was it still with other people at that time? It was with. It was always with other people. Okay, when I started yeah. Black Leather Jesus, because the very first recordings that I did solo, I didn't release immediately because I did a, a project called Serpent Orange, which was a wall noise thing, and it was just static um, that I was doing. And it was just using a uh, radio and distortion, and that was it. And I didn't release that until 1990s when I actually um, released it. And I only did maybe like 10 copies, and I gave them out to people. Uh, and then I did Flesh Puppets, uh, the release called Medusa. And But I started working with Barbara and Angela in Black Leather Jesus. So the very first Black Leather Jesus involved Barbara and Angela. And then later their cousin, Marianne, uh, was a part of it. I think it was the third release she was involved with. And um, and then our after that, I started working with uh, Scott and Randy. And I think our first release together was um, Gods of Ceremony. And uh, so that was our fourth release. And that's when Randy and Scott came into it. And David came in maybe a few months after that. So. And I read that I read you said that the name Black Leather Jesus came from a, a story about someone who was was held captive. Yeah, now, was that a was that uh, a, a a true story or was that a story you read? Yes. I, that I was. Oh, so so what? Do you remember the case? Because I I know there's there's kind of a lot of similar cases, but I wasn't sure the specific one you were talking you remember, about. Uh, you know, I, I there's there's that. So so Houston Press did a origin story uh, yeah. of that name, um, oh. and uh, and actually tracked down the case. Right. And I cannot, for the life of me, think of it. However, it's um, uh, that article still floating around out there. Yeah, it's uh, actually on our uh, Black Leather Jesus blog page. There's a link to it on the front page. 
Um, I should have checked was, it out. I'm sorry. I apologize. We will be looking it up <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, it was, I, I wish we could remember and be able to help yeah. this. Well, it's actually um, the girl was uh, kidnapped by this man, and she was kept under his waterbed as a slave. And he was married and had a wife, and she claims that she didn't know that this girl was being held captive under their bed. And he tortured her. He raped her wow. multiple times. And she, the, the story that I, I saw, she was always praying that, you know, for God to help her. And one, day, one night um, he heard her praying and she said that he told her that he was her God. And that, is this, so she she was, and I think it was seventy years. She remained under that bed. Is this a uh, Cameron, wow. Cameron is this Hooker? Perfect vi- and Colleen Stan and the perfect victim, the perfect victim book, right? I don't, I don't know. I actually saw the story on TV uh, okay. when I first heard about it. I saw the story on TV, and I didn't know anything about. I didn't remember her name or anything until years later, and then Houston Press actually researched it and found the article i mean a story about it's on wikipedia and everything and oh, um and found out you know what actually happened and um but that's where the that's where the name came up and i was actually uh <laughs> i was in school whenever i i came up with the name and I was afraid I was going to forget the name of the project and I kept writing it on my folder. I remember that. <laughs> now, but I'll, I'll say this later. I, I don't, I don't really like the name. <laughs> really? Uh, well, I, well, you're you're, you're in kind the minority. Like we disagree. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, I don't know. I mean, but maybe it's one of those things too. Cause the name is just, I've, I've always loved it and I, yeah. I can't separate. Like, I just love it. I think it's, it's iconic. Yeah. 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 Well, if you're a gothic well, band, yeah. did you ever play at numbers? No. <laughs> Shockingly, no. I never did a show at numbers. All right. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I think it might be that I think it might uh, be that Colleen Stan the per, from Perfect the book. There's a book called Perfect Victim. I, I actually checked well, this what's, article. What's the name of the person? Colleen, Colleen Stan. Stan. That is that her. is it. Yes, okay. yeah. yes, yes. Uh, that is it. what the Houston Press article says too. I just checked, and it is yeah. Colleen Stan. Nice. So yeah, yeah, it's a good book. Yeah, ha- we have we have the book uh, on our bookshelf right over there. So yeah, I mean, I know there's just there's, there's others. I didn't. I, yeah, that's 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 so that's amazing. I'm so, so wait, glad where there wasn't the, a slew of women stuffed under Where did that term come from in the story? Do you remember that? Which said, I'm your god, but like the actual black yeah, brother it was Jesus. Just, it was me coming up with the whole idea oh, of someone telling okay. you that they were their god and my you know it's just something that came to mind when i was thinking about that so there wasn't anything in particular um in the story that said black feather jesus or anything it was i just got that from it and i was picturing this person being tortured and you know tied up you know some old man who was into SNM and and torturing this person and so in my mind as a teenager I just thought this is what I got out of it and so I just came up with that name 
So we talk about people as like being petals or filters, you know, like it goes through you. So you process that story as a petal yeah. and made something really cool come out on the other side. The the yeah. messed up thing is actually the in the when you read the, the book or read about the case, the wife actually did know. And it was their like second or third attempt at kidnapping a girl. But she the the oh. the uh, husband slash kidnapper uh he was wasn't supposed to have sex with her. It was only for for like uh, BDSM and no penetration, no sex. And uh, the the wife got upset when she realized that the husband was having sex with with his sex slave. They kept under the stairs and then in a box under the bed for seven years. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, husband, husband well, and wife problems. <laughs> yeah. Because when I first heard the story. um that she had claimed that she didn't know. And I just thought, how could you not know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. long period of time. I mean, come on. But yeah. anyways. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe he'd be so naughty and break our rule. So, <laughs> can you believe this guy? I thought I could trust you, buddy. <laughs> Guess we got to get rid of this one. <laughs> so, well, on the subject of band names, uh, one of the things that you do quite frequently is pull uh, project titles from uh, movies, specifically exploitation and horror movies. Right. Uh, how do you decide which title is right for which recordings and how do they relate to the movies you're naming them after? Well, sometimes um, if I'm just feeling, you know, I want to do this particular project, then I'll record something for it um and then sometimes when i record something and i don't have anything in mind specifically for it um i'll listen to it and think where i think it would fit and so you know i have a lot of projects obviously with you know jalo you know inspired themes um but Again, like I've said before, I just I felt if I kept only a couple of projects, I probably would get bored with with those projects. And I know that sounds bad, but for me, coming up with all these different projects and doing releases with it, I, I it, it keeps me going. It keeps me getting inspired to continue to do the work. And I would rather. I mean, I know it's sort of overwhelming how many projects I have but that's the main reason is just I enjoy coming up with something new and seeing what I can do with it and um, and I'm so obsessed with Jalo that I have so many projects with that name and not all of them are solo stuff but um, you know most of them are but it's just more of something that I, I like to do and, and try and and um, so that's that's the best way I can explain that. <laughs> All right. Well, the, it, yeah, I mean, because in a way, I mean, the discography is impenetrable in a way. You know what I mean? Is like, is that is that something you like? That do you, I mean, do you like the fact that it is, you know, more or less impenetrable? Well, I. I don't ever set out to do a large number of releases. Um but sometimes things are, are asked of me from other people, like, hey, when are you going to do this project again? And um, 
so then I get inspired to do it sometimes. Um, sometimes just watching a film inspires me like, oh, you know what? I want to revisit this <laughs> particular project. Um, so I, I guess looking back at it now, I probably wouldn't have as many projects. <laughs> but um, I think we're... But it's too late. <laughs> we're yeah. past that now. We're way past do that you, now. Do you save right. a copy of everything that you do? No. <laughs> I don't. Would that physically be possible? <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know. See, that's the other thing about uh, almost on the same subject with Deadline. Um, everything that I do for Deadline is made to order. I don't have stacks of releases ready for when someone orders something. Everything I do, anything that people order from me is always made to order because I wouldn't have room for it. If I did all of the copies at once, mm -hmm. I wouldn't have the space for it. And I mean, if you were to see <laughs> what I already have from stuff that I've done from other labels, then a lot of people would understand that there's no way possible that I could do all these releases and have them ready to go. So everything yeah. that I do, I need to order. And, um, but I don't ever keep my stuff. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I'll sell it to somebody if someone wants it and it's my last copy. I'll, I'll, I'll sell it to somebody. I, I'm not, I don't re-listen to my stuff. I may re-listen to it once when I get it in. But most of the time, I won't ever re-listen to anything that I've done. And he I'm, gets I'm, to me on that. I'm the one here that, that, that listens to Richard's stuff. Um, <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> he's listening to something of mine Perfect. in another room. Mm -hmm. And I come in and he's listening to it. I'll walk out. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. Sean, we can hang out. We're in a zone right now. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been listening to a lot. To so. so much. Someone else's stuff. Than my own. <laughs> now, is that was that true also for even the early deadline stuff? I mean, were they were the additions just kind of whatever you made on that day or made them for yeah. a show or something like that? Back then, I did make them all at once, and um, and I did used to keep them. I I, I used to keep uh, one or two copies of everything, and uh, but that sort of stopped. I would say late nineties is when I stopped doing that. But initially I did, I would keep stuff and I, I would keep copies of, of things. Uh, because in the beginning, you know, it was more of tape trading, you know, more than sales. And that kind of came later. And uh, so I would trade people stuff. I would send stuff to radio stations. And um, so that's how some of the, some of the early stuff went. I, I wasn't really selling stuff. I think probably the mid nineties is when I actually started selling stuff. Um, so I, I was doing that in the very beginning, but after I would say towards the end of the nineties, it, it just became too much for me to, to do. There was so much stuff coming out at that time. How many copies so, would you do of some of those really early tapes? Like say, just some of those like first couple years like we call them the ungettables yeah like they seem to me to be the most some of the absolutely most, most rare. rare ungettable stuff out there well there were um there was probably anywhere from 10 copies to maybe 30 because i actually did try to do larger numbers at one point in the early 90s um the problem that what happened in the mid 90s was there was a uh, a guy 
in South America who started bootlegging my stuff and was tape trading people's stuff. And so there were more copies that got out of stuff that were actually not the edition that I did. And I found out probably towards the, the late 90s about it that he had been doing it for years and he was just copying the, the covers and the tapes and, and just trading people or selling them. And uh, I actually did send him a letter uh, about it and he stopped, but he had done it. So there's actually people who have bought stuff on eBay that said, hey, is this the original? No, it's not. There's, wow. a, there's a lot of that out there that was not the original because I could tell that, no, I didn't do, I didn't do it like that. And then there are some that are, but some of the early stuff didn't really get out to a lot of people. They were mainly sold in local record stores in Houston. So a lot of people in Houston had them, but not too many people outside of that had the the copies of them. So I've had a few people come to me and said, hey, I bought this on eBay. Can you tell me if this is one of the originals or not? And some of them, I would say probably most of them aren't. Wow, a South American wow. bootleg. Great, did you know did, that? You have, I did not know that. <laughs> I've never wow. heard this. Yeah, wow. Did you ever play shows in South America? No. It was just some it was just some guy who got the tapes and started bootlegging them. Wow. Yeah, it, and I, I knew roughly who he got them from. I mean, I'm not gonna go into who that person is. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, uh, it was, and it wasn't from someone from South America who did it. It was actually someone from Germany, um, and he got crazy. it through that person. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. It's an okay, international right, right, right. conspiracy. Wow. wow, international deadline bootleg ring. Uh, wow, Just bust up that ring. Unaware of this, and I'm glad it's broken up. <laughs> yeah. um, Wow. So, so around then was, would, were you setting stuff to like Ron was, was, was he kind of carrying your stuff around then? Or when did you kind of start getting in contact with, with, uh, triple R and, um, that was probably, um, I would say probably the mid nineties. Yeah. I, 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 in the beginning I, I didn't contact him because I didn't think he would be into what I was doing. And so I think there was a period where I was, Kind of, um, I was very apprehensive about sending people stuff because I just thought they were going to say, oh, well, you're not any of the Japanese or artists, so no, we're not interested in what you're doing. One of the first um, people that I contacted was, do you remember the magazine ND? Oh, yeah. Dan- yes. Uh, uh, he was the very first person that I actually contacted. And... Uh, and he reviewed some of my stuff, and um, so he was one of the first, uh, I would say. And then realization recordings. Uh, I think it was in California. Yes, and, who put out what? Who put out Anger Built Machine, yes. which is an insane <laughs> title. That title is so incredible. So remember, many good titles. Do you remember where that? Do you remember where that came from, or is that just something out of your head, or? <laughs> I think it was just something out of my head. <laughs> oh, anger built machine. That's actually, to be honest, that's actually the, that's the tape we were listening to that like kickstarted our current like couple week zone. I was just like, this is insane. Um, yeah. They're out of like Ventura or something like that. 
Um, yeah. Which is, yeah. Yeah. Kind of close to us. So now do you have a different, if you know a, a thing is going to go to a, another label, like, so uh, like realization, there's someone else is going to put it out. Do you have a different approach to how you do that than say something that you're going to put out yourself? No, uh, I, most of it is I'll go in and I'll record something. And if I don't like the way it sounds, I erase it. I don't release everything I record. Um, I'll listen to it back once. If I like it, I'll send it to somebody. If I don't like it, then I'll record over it. You know, back then I would just record over the tape. Right. Um, so it, it just really depends. Uh, the one thing that I, I guess kind of bothered me at, at a point <laughs> that sometimes labels would tell me, I would send them something and then they would contact me back and say, hey, could you do something a little more on the lines of this release? <laughs> that kind of bothered yeah. me because, first of all, some of those releases that they really liked, if I were to listen to it back now, I probably wouldn't like uh, and there are certain releases that I know that I'm not that fond of that I did. Um, but if other people like it, that's great. You know, obviously they're not going to like everything and that's okay. Um, but I don't like when someone tells me, Hey, can you do something along the lines of that particular release? Because that's the kind of style that I like that you were doing. Um, because I would never ask an artist to do that. I would never say, Hey, you know, this is not what I'm looking for from you. I want it to be exactly like this or something similar to that. Um, I would feel weird saying that to them. I mean, if I didn't like what they send me, then I might say something like, well, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Um, and it's just not my cup of tea. You know, I think I might pass on it. And that's fine. Um, but I have an, uh, an issue with, being told, hey, can you do something that sounds like this particular release? And I've had several labels say that to me. That's reasonable. <laughs> yeah, reasonable to hate that. Yeah, um. of course. <laughs> and when you're recording, are your dogs around? Or do they run they, away? Sometimes they are. Yeah, they, they, they come upstairs. They come and upstairs. hang out sometimes. And yeah. And there's we have a, a, a bed for them upstairs. So sometimes they'll come upstairs and lay in the bed and just sit up there while we're recording. So it's that. not too, we're recording with headphones. So there, it's not too loud for them or anything like that. Okay. You do, you so record in headphones. You don't, you don't record like, no. I mean, cause you guys have like a, I mean, you don't have to really worry about neighbors. They would blow that house up. You just choose to do it. You just choose to do it through headphones. Yeah. We're just really used to the headphones. And, and honestly, mm-hmm. we just, we don't, we don't own a working amp. We don't have yeah, it doesn't work. Working studio monitors. So yeah. um, headphones is the way that it is. You know? <laughs> yeah, uh, that's nice. Uh, the, sorry, and it's still sorry gives- to demystify all of this. Stuff. <laughs> oh no, no, no! <laughs> and it still gives really good feedback because actually, with the headphones, if you have it near the contact mic, it gives even more feedback. So <laughs> it's a plus. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah we, cool. we do, we do both. We, we, yeah, we definitely do both. There's, there's, you know, you can get different things out of it. And sometimes in the headphones, you kind of just, you get into your own, you get into like a little weird world. It's like private. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, yeah. you get into kind of a different zone and it's kind of nice. And so. you've liberated a lot of space by not having amps everywhere. Right. Right. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. <laughs> Cause um, I mean, this house isn't small, but 
it's not huge either. So <laughs> yeah. See, in my mind, you in my mind, you have just like just a wall of amps and just it's yeah. constantly <laughs> ten on ten. Uh, I'm surprised uh, we day. can't hear it right now. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. Where's that noise? I, I I love it, but um, but unfortunately, no. No, we're, we're minimal. We're not uh, 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 we're not red light district or house of nights. Well, you you both have such an impressive amount of passions and um, interests. Like it's it's really great. So I imagine that every nook and cranny is filled with something that you know yes. speaks yes. to that. Yes. 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 Definitely. And I think, I mean, that's the way all, all of us are, you know, for sure. Just every, we, we want our place to be every single, every single where we turn our head, there's something that Inspiring. just like gets, gets us excited. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just like some screwdrivers, yeah. you know, and maybe some cardboard boxes <laughs> well, tools. Yeah, tools. Yeah. and a nice. hybrid noise bloom poster right behind gray. And we, actually we keep all it, of those put away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and actually what's crazy is that, the way we're looking at Gray, he's got his hybrid noise bloom poster. We have it directly uh, across from where right we're there. sitting too, so we just we're just constantly. Uh, and we have black leather Jesus poster across from our bed. Or, so or the Richard Ramirez, the uh, uh, the Richard yeah. the amplified tactics yes. poster. Sorry, amplified tactics. So so when we uh, wake up, tactics poster. Yeah, it's the mm-hmm. first thing we see when we wake up. It's sexy. It's in <laughs> our bedroom. Yeah, and then actually next to us is the uh, Japanese American noise yep. treaty. So so your name's on there oh, too. Yeah. So we're just oh, surrounded yeah. by you and we sleep uh and you know it's comforting it's a it's a it's, it's a nice. comforting thing yeah um, <laughs> it's inspiring um sean so when did you so when did you uh when did you start start uh making noise and and well, doing all that so i would so i would say that that um right around 2000 uh is is when i when i really started doing it in earnest it was something that i talked about doing for a lot of years during the 90s and stuff like that but when I really started doing it in earnest was probably right around 2000. And what is the white horse? Was that, and that's, that's an early project, right? Or is that's that no, actually later? I think, I think the first of those is 2010 or something. Oh, like wow. That. Oh, so wow. I'm, I'm a decade um, off. I'm a decade I, I, off. I did a, um, I did a lot more experimental and drone stuff early on. Um, uh, and then, uh, I, I mean, I started working with Richard and Priest and Shit was first, and that was right around 2001. Yeah, 2001. Yeah, and then uh, yeah. uh, Black Love of Jesus, 2002. But I, 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 I never, I mean, like, uh, uh, for, for me, getting, getting the, the real noise of it was kind of like a learning process uh, and kind mm-hmm. of losing some of the more uh, experimental pretenses, which I still have, but... Um, <laughs> But uh, but 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 I, I I focus on that a lot less now these days. But I went to one of his shows. It was his band in the Land of Archers, mm-hmm. and I went to one of his shows. And um, when I saw him and saw what he was doing, um, I liked what he was doing uh, in particular. So I asked him to to do uh, Priest and Shit with me, and um, so it was after seeing him perform is how I, you know, approached him about that. We had met before. That's though. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We, we knew each other before that, but from yeah. shows or from, from. Well, just... actually he, I don't remember the first time we met. He does. He said it was at gay pride in 2000. Right. And I don't remember meeting him. 
I guess that's preoccupied with the, the parade. If we want to get into that whole thing, that's a whole. There's 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 lots of there's lots of backstory to that. But but um... I, I I remember meeting him at a friend's apartment, and mm-hmm. I was actually attracted to him when I first met him. See, we were wondering if you went to shows together and like knew each other in that capacity. Well, so so so, so I I think I think that we probably crossed paths before some of that stuff because when I first moved to Houston, I was working as a uh, as a courier, and I would do these um uh, like there were certain nights that I would do these hot shot runs, and um, that's how I actually first started to. Um, to realize that there was this Houston experimental music scene because there was a, um, there was a, a, a late night radio program on Monday nights and Monday night was the night that I did a lot of these runs where I would, I would have to go pick up a package yeah. and then I would have to go somewhere and just wait until morning a lot of the time. So that's generally what I did. It just wasn't worth going home, but that's when I started to realize that there was like this Houston experimental scene. And there were a couple of times where there were shows like going on, like late night at like Matsuo in Houston and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I started to find that stuff going on just from doing that job. And so I wandered into a few of those shows a couple of times and it's quite possible that we, that we cross paths in those things too, but didn't know it until a, a few years later. Yeah. Were you guys touring as priest and shit or was it, was it mostly local or? Yeah, it was. Yeah, just I mean, local. I think I think we've done we've done priest and shit shows in like Dallas and Denton, and right. maybe in Austin. But um, uh, but yeah, it's 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 been. I think that we've played that exclusively in Texas, yeah. <laughs> and mostly in Houston. Yeah, were either of you raised like? There's a lot of like um, religious or like Catholic focused words. Were either of you raised um, in this manner? My family's Catholic, mm-hmm. and I mean, uh, but they were not very religious. <laughs> um, okay. And I'm an atheist, so it, it, I've always been an atheist. So um, they've never really had an issue with that. Um, but my my family, even though they identify as Catholic, they're not very religious at all. Yeah. And so. my mom was a, a a good northern baptist woman um who raised us that way um but i i turned away from all of that pretty early on um and as soon as i was able to 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 get the you know what mom i, I really don't want to go to church mm-hmm. and stuff like that i and she was she was always very understanding about that kind of stuff too though so it was uh uh but my my dad was my, my so my so some of my family won't won't will not uh will not quite own up to my dad being a complete atheist but my dad was a complete atheist yeah. um, and, uh, so. well we love the jesus's stone title especially like many <laughs> fun, of course priest and shit i'm like i have my favorites written priest down and shit here was a was a black little jesus title right or, yes or right i think i remember you yeah. saying that last it's time like, we talked to like, you Werewolf Jerusalem was a Black Leather Jesus title too. Yeah, so. that was like an anti-record, right? Werewolf yes. Jerusalem. What What were you yeah, it doing? Was a cassette with an anti-record. What were you doing for the anti? I don't think I've never seen them in person. What were you doing? What were your anti-records like? What were the? What was the? Uh, All of them were just like I would paint on them 
And so a lot of them just had like textured paint on them. And a lot of times I would just include a cassette with it. And um, initially it was um, what I was doing. What I would do is I would take a, a record and I would paint leaving only one strip of uh, a portion of the record open. And with an old Sarah that I had, I would play that back and it would just loop and loop and loop that one area because it, it was so thick with paint that it would, it would only go so far. So it was sort of like a loop and I would just distort it. And that was the cassette that would come with the anti-record. I love that. That's cool. Very cool. What was the first anti-record you saw like in person that made you think to do that? Or what did you just kind of think to do that on your own? The first, uh, black humor. Of course. I think that was probably the, I think black humor was one of the first, uh, and then like AMK was doing a lot of the flexi, uh, releases uh that I, I really enjoyed and i used to see them in in one of the local record stores in houston and that's where i first started seeing a lot of the anti-record uh releases did you get win like dirt when it uh, back in the day the haters no like- actually that's one that I, that's the one that i never got i did oh, get tractor yeah. which i love <laughs> but i got that one that back then um but no, I never got the other one. Sadly. And haters, haters were an early. That I think I've seen in interviews that that, that haters were an early kind of project that got you, you know, on on your path to noise. Is that correct? They are the project. That, <laughs> that is because uh, I actually uh, have bought the predetermined by accident box set uh, when oh, it wow. came out. I'm banned, and, right? I think. Yes. And I, I still have it. Yeah, it was just funny when uh, when the first time that um, that GX stayed with us, and Richard showed him that he had a copy of that. It was a, it was it was quite a quite a moment. <laughs> oh wow. wow! Oh my god! I wish we could have recorded that whole interaction. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was uh, the first thing that I I, I got um, from from him, and immediately loved it, and. Um, then not long after I started, you know, for example, non live in London, uh, cassette, mm-hmm. um, pagan music, I think was like the flip side of that tape, mm-hmm. um, which I, I got that and I loved it. And then chop shop was another artist that I got into really early on, uh, that was a huge influence. Oh, wow. That's cool. And and it kind of all, if I'm not, if I'm remembering correctly, coming from kind of nurse with wound coil, like, yeah. you know, that, that was kind of like the first steps until the just pure, you More know, abstract, abstract type noise music, sound. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cause when I was, when I was a teenager, I was into a lot of the, uh, Gothic punk, post-punk EBM type music, uh, cause numbers, uh, Houston uh, club I used to go to all the time I started going I think I was 15 years old when I started going there and uh, so they played all that stuff and so um, I think I was in sixth grade when I started getting into that music and um, that led me into wanting because I would hear certain artists would have a track that was very experimental and I wanted to seek out more stuff like that and there was a, a 
a radio show in Houston that was playing that stuff. And I called in and asked him what, like, who is this? And, mm-hmm. you know, it was nurse with wound. And so I started to seek out nurse with wound stuff. And then I started getting compilations so that I could discover other artists. And that's when I started to hear more noise stuff. And I would go to the local record store and say, do you have anything that's similar to this? And then they would recommend, you know, artists and I just would buy them blindly. And uh, a lot of it I I really, really enjoyed. And that's how I started to hear um, other artists like Hans too was another one that I I got into early on. Um, So, and then the Japanese noise artists like that came in not long after as well. So, but that's how it kind of started. What about you, Sean? What was some of the first stuff that got you excited about noise? I, I, I kind of, I kind of came from the same side in a lot of ways. Um, uh, and you know, okay. So, Early on, um, when I was uh, when when I was like finishing high school and stuff like that, it, 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 so for this like small like mm, mountain foothills like like ex mining town and stuff like that, we had. And a you're you're, of, you're you're Texas or, as well forever. Is, no, I'm I, I'm southwestern Pennsylvania. I, oh, I, so where, where you guys are right now? Right. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, where yeah, we yeah. are now is where I grew mm-hmm. up. Gotcha. So, okay, um, I gotcha, gotcha. So there were there were there were these weirdly good record stores, like mall mm-hmm. record stores here that um uh, that I could uh, I get a hold of of things. And I mean, you know, I, I I started out in the the kind of weird industrial side with like Neubauten and stuff like that. Um, and as a as a teenager, I wrote a lot, and um, and I, I I got really attached to like the noise passages from some of the what would what would fall under like like mainstream music, like Sonic Youth, like Neubauten and stuff like that. And I would, uh-huh. I would make yeah. a bunch of I, I would make these tapes that were just um, uh, collages of that that noise, never knowing that there were people out there doing just the straight noise stuff. Right, that I was right. Looking. Um, and so it actually wasn't until uh, the mid 90s that I really started to discover outside of just kind of, you know, like weirdo experimental stuff like Nurse Food and stuff like that, that there's this whole like noise underground that 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 was exactly what I was looking for. And um, and and so, yeah, you know, it, it, it kind of it kind of like just played out from there and uh, and moving to Houston after I graduated college, like I suddenly had access to things that I had, hadn't previously had access to because there were stores there that actually did carry all of that stuff. And I, I bought Richard's stuff before we ever actually met and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just kind of, it was just kind of a, a natural outshoot from, from, uh, from one to the, one to the other and just kind of discovering, Hey, you know, there's, there, there actually is this stuff out there that you don't just have to put together a tape collage, which were, were great. And I love, uh, <laughs> I love, I love your stuff. style. That's awesome. Yeah, that you, you did that. You, you still have those. That'd be great to hear. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I, 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 so that was, that was probably all stuff that was, uh, that, that was, that was in one way or another dehoarded from the house when we were uh, helping <laughs> stuff. So, reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, so what about what about movies? I mean, obviously, movies are such a huge thing for you guys. I mean, obviously, the three of us as well. One of the things we bonded early on was just our love of movies, and especially giallo, and especially horror. What, what was what was the kind of steps getting in that? What was the first some of the first giallo stuff you saw that just like hooked you in? Well, I had always been in, into horror films since I was a kid. Um, you know, I've said before, um, I. I was, I guess, how old. I went to see Phantasm at the theater when it first came oh, out. Oh, so good. So <laughs> I remember uh, my mom telling me, because I wanted to see it, I kept begging to see these films. And she just said, well, if you're going to watch these films, you better not come in the room and say that you're scared. <laughs> if you do, I'm going to watch them again. Right. So I, I, I didn't. I, I loved it. And... Um, so that's, you know, 78, 79. And so at that point, I'm like five, six years old when I started <laughs> getting into horror films. And that was the only thing I ever wanted to see. I wasn't really that interested in comedies or anything else. It was just horror films. And so my my mom, who also liked horror films as well, um, she she would take me, my dad would take me, to see them and so early on we had cable as well and so i was always watching them on cinemax and you know showtime and stuff mm-hmm. um but with with jalo um i think probably uh the bird with the crystal plumage was probably one of the first ones that really got me hooked into it and i think that i i think that that deep red when it was when when I when it was the VHS the Hatchet Murders, the hatchet murders. yep, of course, uh, right, yeah. Because we had we had a we had a few like really really great video stores around here too, and uh, and and I I you know you, you you would see that wall of the VHS boxes all the ones that you can uh, remember from from being a kid, and I I remember that Hatchet Murders one with the the doll that uh, right after it had been struck. Yep. And, um, <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that. So that that would probably be an early on one for me because I used to be able to go rent whatever I wanted and just you know. Well, one of the uh, there was a video store near our house that was actually a furniture store. I was going to say, I think you last time we talked, you mentioned that, and and I always think about that, like you going to this furniture video store. (laughs) Yeah, and they had a a small uh, video rental section. And but they bought a lot of the Fulci, Argento, Lindsay, a lot of the Italian That's stuff. So weird. Awesome. Um, <laughs> more than anything else. Um, and so that's where I started seeing a lot of this stuff really early on because I don't know if maybe they they were cheaper than some of the other films because you know how expensive VHS was at that yeah. point. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I don't know why they always just had a lot of the Italian films and that was the first place that I would rent them and, and, and see them. I remember <laughs> gates of hell. Oh yeah. <laughs> still, still the better Amazing. title, by the so way, good. I think, uh, personally about how, uh, uh, you know, I, I remember the, um, uh, the, the local newspaper and, 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 um, uh, all of the theater listings for the weekend and stuff like that. And I remember seeing the, the two, um, the, the the two like big ads that I remember seeing from when I was a kid were Gates of Hell 
and that 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 infamous maniac. I told you not to go out. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> a, a, a poster ad. Um, and we, I was trying to I was trying to remember which of the local drive-ins because there there was a, a local drive-in that did all of the slasher exploitation, um, uh, just the general kind of like nice. trash cinema stuff. Um, and uh, and and I would always see those ads for for that. I mean, man. I, I should really. Uh, I, I know that those archives have to be around somewhere. I should go look for those like Friday afternoon ads when uh, it's on microfiche. microfiche. Yeah, like that microfiche. <laughs> like on microfiche but, uh, <laughs> but it's actually, the, the the old newspaper is still in uh, 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 based in in downtown Uniontown, and I, I'm sure that they still have those archives there. Probably. And, uh, oh, uh, it would be a very jollo thing to do to yeah, like check it out, them down, and go look at that stuff. <laughs> yes. Oh, dude, you got it. There was it. A, a theater uh, near where I lived. It was a dollar cinema. And on Sundays, they would have, it was always a retro uh, day for them. So they would show a lot of films that were long gone from the theater. Mm-hmm. And that's where I saw a lot of slasher films um, sort of come back into the theater. And this is still in the you know early mid 80s that I was going there and they would have double features and so sometimes my parents would drop me off and I would just stay there and watch movies all day long um did anything ever scare you did any of them scare me yeah no no, no. I I think um you know what's funny is I'm 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 more I'm more scared by horror films as an adult um, because totally. I, because I've, I've learned the um, uh, the the art of submitting to a movie a lot more as an adult than what I than than and than what I had as a kid. So, um, but uh, but but I mean, and we both were just basically raised on films. I mean, uh, I was a. I think that some of the films, I think they would maybe frighten me a little bit, are the films where. Can you imagine if you were in that scenario? And we're not talking about like, you know, a demon or a ghost or something like that. We're talking like if, what would you do if, if, you know, you walked into your home and there was actually somebody in your home? Yeah. So sometimes those kind of films, um, you know, the more slasher films that obviously happen were things that I would, they would go in my mind and think, what if this happened to me? Because as a kid, I had gone through some things um, that really kind of fucked with me. I mean, well, one of them, when I was in fourth grade, I was almost kidnapped. And so dealing with something like that by somebody, and the thing is I was almost kidnapped by somebody who had killed other children. Oh, my God. I was the only one that got away and it was really tough for a while. And my friend Dwayne, who I was in threshold to sleep with, he remembers when that happened because we went to school together. We were in elementary school and Mm -hmm. he remembers when that happened because I didn't tell anybody that it was me that that had happened to because they had were warning students of a man who was kidnapping children and to be on the lookout for the vehicle, the only thing they knew about the vehicle was that 
it, there was rust on the back end of the vehicle and the license plate was yellow, which was uncommon there. And mm-hmm. so that was the main thing they were telling people to look out for. And so probably a week or so later, I was going to school early in the morning and this vehicle comes, pulls right in front of me and it's a small vehicle and he opens the door and he just starts pulling on me. And it was winter time because I had a, a, some gloves on. Mm-hmm. And so I kept tugging back and, and kept pulling, you know, away from him. And I was yelling and there were some teachers that were pulling into the parking lot of the school because this happened right in front of the school. Wow. That's crazy. And so he took off, but he still had a hold of me. So he was dragging me down the road. And so I slipped off of the glove and fell. But when I, right when I fell, I mean, I felt the heat of like the tire uh-huh. next to my face. But I immediately looked up and saw the license plate and were able to give them the exact license plate number. Wow. And so that's how they later discovered who it was. Uh, and I was freaked out because I was at the hospital. There were all these cops. There was an investigator who was there talking to me. And my mom didn't know at the time because my mom was in the hospital. She had surgery. And so my dad told me not to tell her about it. Just to not yeah. like not, not have her worry. Stress her out about that. Right. Yeah. And so one day she gets a phone call from the cops and I had to tell her what happened because she's like, why are they wanting to talk to you? And so everything finally came out and there's a, there's a lot more to the story because there's, there's a lot yeah. of crazy that happened with it. But, um, so stuff like that really, um, stuck with me. And there are a couple of other incident incidents that happened later on, um, that, still bother me so he can tell you that sometimes i can be a little paranoid about things like is the front door locked did you make sure to do this did you make sure to do that or when we're in the car lock the doors immediately um because of things that have happened to me um there was an incident um when i was staying with my mom uh, and this was like, I guess, the beginning of the internet and everything, because everything was like dial up, you know. So mm. if you're on the computer, mm. your phone's not working. You yes. Know, right. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Um, <laughs> Who picked so, up the phone? No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so my brother lived a couple houses down from us. And um, he would come over to the house in the middle of the night to take my dad's truck to go to work, because by the time he would get back home from work, it was time for my dad to go to work. So he would borrow his truck and he would leave. So usually it was around two or three o'clock in the morning. So one night I thought I heard the front door, the screen door open and I was listening. I didn't hear it again. And then I heard a cough. Someone coughed. So I got up and I looked oh. out the peephole and saw there was someone standing in, in front of the door but I couldn't tell who they were. I couldn't, you know, but I could see their outline. Right. And I knew it wasn't my brother because my brother's a big guy. And I was like, this is not Ray. So I don't know who this person is. 
So I didn't answer the door and I went and got my mom and my dad and told them, Hey, there's someone outside and it's, you know, two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And so they left and we saw them walk down the street. Well, we hung up, I got off the internet and then the neighbor across the street finally calls and he said, I've been trying to call you to tell you not to open the door because they went to his house and he didn't know who it was and he didn't let them in. And he saw them come to our house, but he had been calling. But since I was on the internet, right, he wasn't through. It's a straight up horror movie. uh, (laughs) So the next day, my brother comes home and says that there was a a man who was attacked in the front of our neighborhood. He opened the door in the middle of the night and there was a guy who came in to rob and slit his throat. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I freaked out like that could have been me because I was about to open the door because I thought it was my brother. And so things like that have freaked me out over the years. So I guess sometimes I can be a little paranoid about things, but I think it's because of some of the things that I've been through that still linger. So sometimes when when we go to bed, (laughs) he's listening to headphones to listen to stories at night. And I, sometimes I get a little upset. And I'm like, well, what if you don't hear something that I might not hear? So, yeah. I mean, listen. So, you made a compromise. I just listened to one headphone now. All right. I, <laughs> I'm definitely idea. on Richard's yeah. side on this one. Uh, yeah, so, you got to be aware. Everybody look a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so I think sometimes films might scare me in the sense of I try to put myself in that position. Like, oh, my God, I can't imagine if I were in that case what I would do. So sometimes I actually, he knows, we've talked about this recently. I sometimes, when I go places, I will think of the worst case scenario and say, what would I do if this happened? Where would I go? How would I handle this? So that if it does happen, I know what to do. Or at least I hope I do. So I do do think about those things sometimes. That's very proactive. So... He, he, I think he probably think it's silly, but oh no, I don't think it's silly. But I'm, uh, I drive Richard crazy because I'm, I'm one of those what's the likelihood people, and um, and my answer yeah. to that it, is, it, the, well, it happens to somebody, and I bet that one person said the same thing. Well, two <laughs> oh, already, nice. we've heard two pretty wild yes. stories, so yes. that are very, <laughs> wow, very much what. Not, not outside of that. What's the likelihood? Well, no, there's, and there's, a th- there's another story that I was staying at a friend's house and this rapist who was, there was someone who was raping women in this apartment complex. And we knew mm-hmm. about, about it. And this friend was getting ready to go to work at seven 30 in the morning. For some reason I stayed the night with her. She asked me to stay the night and I wasn't going to, but that morning, Someone was knocking at her front door around seven in the morning. And no. I think it was someone like maintenance or something. And I looked at the people and I'm like, okay, I don't know who that is. And she was in the shower. So I thought, you know what? I'm not going to answer it. So they kept knocking and knocking for almost 10 minutes. Then all of a sudden he went to the side window that's right by the front door and hit the window and opened it. Like within seconds, he opened the window and he started coming into the apartment and I froze. I'm like, oh my God. Oh my like, God. Man coming into the apartment. 
So I freaked out and all I could think of to do was unlock the front door to see if it would startle him. And it did. And he took off and he left. But that's another reason why I get freaked out because I think I froze because I didn't know what to do. But when the cops came, they had told us that if I wouldn't have been there, my friend was in the shower. Oh, yeah. Oh, my he God. Have been raped oh because my God. he was a known rapist in the area. I'm going to go lock so, our windows right yeah. now. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just going to make sure. So that's another reason why that I try to think of these things because of, of that incident that I froze and I didn't know what to do. And so I don't want that to happen again. If I'm in a certain situation, I would like to know how to handle it. And um, so that's that's some of the fear that I have, even though I, I love watching other films. But well, yes. well, do, do you think early, do you think early on, like especially when that incident happened in fourth grade, I mean, do you think were horror movies a way for you to kind of deal with it? Or, or, did it, or were you even... Did you even make that connection at the time? I mean, well, I, I was since I was already, you know, watching these films. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think, if anything, it yes, I, I think it made me want to see them more to not be afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I I watched a lot of these films alone. I would stay up in the middle of the night. I would get up in the middle of the night and and watch it you know, two or three o'clock in the morning, you know, they would show some of these on Cinemax and stuff. So I would, I would get up and just watch these alone. And I I think it helped um, at that time because I I kept doing, I kept watching them. It it didn't scare me to the point of like, okay, I'm never watching this again. I can't handle this. If anything, I just, I more, I just wanted more. And, um, I guess you could say that it was it was sort of that kind of scenario that it helped me get through some things. So we we talked a bit about uh, first horror movie stuff that got you into it. Uh, you're both wearing horror shirts. I see it was at Bloodstained Shadow, and is that a Critters <laughs> shirt? What do you got Actually, on there? This is a uh, this is just a um, uh, uh, an an Azathoth, Azathoth shirt. Okay, it's, uh, <laughs> it's just. It's just a little Lovecrafty reference. Thing. All right, all right. Being, being nerdy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what about what about favorites? You guys have a uh, favorite horror movies. I, I mean, I'm sure you do, but you can name. I generally just default to Suspiria, um, and uh, and and actually, that's probably. I mean, oh, be oh, look at Grace got the Suspiria <laughs> shirt on right now. Uh, it, it, the, I, I actually call that like uh, the, depending on what day it is. That's 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 in my like top three favorite films. Period. But yeah, I generally default to Suspiria. But for me, uh, the fog holds a oh, special yeah. place. But also uh, Black Christmas. Oh, Black wow. Christmas is so oh, cool. Black Christmas is great. 
a perfect, perfect movie. The I love the Christmas lights in that movie. They're big, aesthetically, like those big it's so good. Ugh. And especially when she's standing, when she goes and opens the door, and there's like the red, the red lights on the wreath. And the um, her name's escaping me right now. Juliet from Romeo. Her name's escaping me, but yeah. when she's standing there and that reds on her, oh, that is that's a that is a perfect movie. It's it it is yes. it's it's yeah. it's you know it's it's like um, I've talked to people about this. It's an odd slasher because it's actually it's actually scary. It's a it's a, it's a it's totally a, mm-hmm. it's it's a really scary movie, and I uh, I think it's pretty much perfect. Yeah, yeah, because I think that the the way things are the setting of it the mood yeah, the atmosphere yeah. yeah all of that is just perfect those phone that, calls are are actually oh. legitimately scary yeah it's great so, and you never <laughs> oh, and you never find out and it and it's never uh yeah, it's, it's, never it's revealed on, yeah it's it's it, it has that great 70s downbeat ending where you're just like nothing got solved here yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. so dark and, it and ended the, dark the, and it's so uncomfortable because yeah. the the piano player guy wears that really thick turtleneck sweater and a jacket over it at all times and we're just sweating we're like, like please so take one of those off like, it's too many layers <laughs> i oh god yeah black christmas is absolute classic and it's really yeah. like proto slasher because i mean it's before so it's before yeah. Halloween yeah, it's before, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, that's great. What would you say? You know, I don't know if I've ever asked you. Like, what would you say off the top of your head? Like, favorite horror movie? Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, obviously, it's like doesn't have to be the. You know, we're not, you're not, <laughs> we're not signing it in stone or anything. But what would you say? I mean, you know my answer. I'm gonna carve it in a rock right yeah. now. <laughs> so just tell me. Yeah, it's weird as like. As it goes on, it's not. It doesn't even really feel like a horror movie. But I think Wake and Fright might be my absolute favorite movie of all time right now. Wow, uh, it's a different kind That's of really horror, good. but uh, it's like it just constantly uh, speaks to me. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why. It's, 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 a, it's a legitimate choice. <laughs> it's nightmarish for it's sure. Real horror. And uh, mine, Phantasm as, as Two. Mo- if I had to go horror, though, I think might be. <laughs> Phantasm be, 2? Yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. I mean, I love Phantasm 2, but yeah. like over one. Yeah. I don't I don't know. I think it's seeing it in the theater uh, with uh, at least there was one of the actresses was there. Uh, the one that gets uh, naked and has the sex scene with Reggie. Um, and uh, it was just like, a, I don't know. It like cemented it as being just classic. It's more fun than one, I think. That's oh, it's why. definitely more fun. It's, it's more, it's almost more like an. It's more of like an action movie. There's like explosions. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of like like Chainsaw Two. You know, like it's it's just, it's fun. I like fun in it too. I mean, my all, all you know, as many people know, I, I sing the praises of and have since I was in high school. This, the praises of Sleepaway Camp oh, uh, yeah. is, oh, is yeah. my yeah. number one. There's never a, if if it was on right now I would just stop the recording and just watch it. There's there's never a time I don't I don't yeah. I, could, I could watch it at all times. That's funny when we were talking about like you know like like our 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 little horror beginnings and stuff like that. I, I had an, an aunt that um uh, passed a couple of years ago, but my my aunt Janetta was was the was the one that I sat and watched the the slasher films with when when I was way younger than what I should have been. And yeah, <laughs> right, I remember watching Sleepaway uh, Sleepaway Camp with her and stuff like that. And, yeah, and, uh, and that had to be so memories. fun to watch when yeah, you're a for some kid. Reason, that was just right there in my mind, like that uh. thinking about sitting and watching that particular movie with my aunt. Um, was uh, was on my mind, you know, 
20, 30 minutes ago in this interview. So. Oh, it's 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 absolutely a perfect movie. And actually, when Tara and I first uh, first were together, the the first movie yep. I brought over because my, basically my theory was, well, it was a if, test. If she's not into this, I don't really know, we we might need to like yeah. you know if she's into this, <laughs> let's keep it going. If not, we'll see. And it was the. Uh, the cannibal holocaust the vhs that was like the japanese laser disc which is the only way you could right. get it there's like japanese subtitles at parts yeah and like, and and like, and like, like okay. in the middle it goes to the blue <laughs> yeah like you, where it flipped Flip it or disc. whatever but it was like yeah, i bought it yeah, yeah you know yeah. but yeah but cannibal holocaust it was the first movie we watched together and <laughs> and then we watched ferox but yeah yeah I, the, so i yeah. yeah i was like well and she was super into it and Giggled here we are through the whole thing <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> And still okay. love them. Still love those. Yeah. Sure, what would you say? Would you? Would you? Off the top of your head, would you have any? Choose. Up- I, I don't. It probably. It probably. Like- I don't play that game. But I, I can't. I don't know. I. <laughs> I don't know. And uh, yeah, I do love the bleeding eyes, like in Dawn of the Dead. You, in in. And, uh, uh, in City of the Living City Dead. City of the Living Dead. AKA I, Gates of Hell is such a better I title. Said, City I, of the Living Dead. We just said it and it made the title fly out of my mind. But yeah, I really like. I like things with omens in it. Uh, so yeah. Well, that was an early one we watched too because they oh, have that I love at Omen. the yeah. at, at, dude Omen. Dude, that's a great so one. So good. I just saw for the first time. I think I told you guys. I, I don't remember ever having seen this Exorcist three, uh, which so completely blew me away. Yeah. Like. I don't know how I never seen yeah. that. I love Brad Dorff. He's amazing in that movie, and the story was. It's like it has all the, the kind of the parts I like about like Giallo is like it's got the like kind of really boring. <laughs> It's like their their dialogue is really miserable and and kind of trudging yeah. at points, and it's awesome. It's just yeah. I don't know the the remember, horror in that one's good. I remember Exorcist three when 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 it came out on video. I mean, I remember us running that. It's another one that I watched with my aunt, and uh, uh, never never really shook off of me. It's so, a yeah. I mean, it's. I it's love your years, aunt. Yeah. <laughs> She's so cool. Yeah. I love that she lets you're yeah. watching something where a little kid's like pricks, cocksuckers. And yeah. she's like, oh, this is cool. This is totally appropriate for you. Let's yeah, enjoy. Yeah. Uh, it, she, she was the one that showed me all of the really inappropriate stuff. So yeah, it's awesome. That rules. Exorcist three was, uh, w- that was, that was a movie that Jeffrey Dahmer would play people when he brought him back to uh, his yes. apartment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's sitting there watching Exorcist three with Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh, you want another beer? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, actually very recently, uh, re-listened to the, uh, uh, the last podcast on the left, uh, Dahmer mm-hmm. episodes, yeah. and read the last book on the left, Dahmer thing. So, yeah, the yeah. three thing is has definitely brought up a couple of times in there. And actually, a great a great movie Dahmer related. If you guys seen Secret Life, Jeffrey, da- the Secret Life, it's technically Secret Life colon Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen it. In, in, Inter Intervision did it like a, one of the oh. early Intervisions. Well, it is possibly the best serial killer movie it's because it, it, it was it's, made it's odd it was made in 90 yeah. it was made like right after and it's like 92 93 is when it was made he's he was still alive when the movie was made that's how oh, early wow. it was and the guy oh, who mean, plays it is all you have to what? say to sell me is Intervision released it. And yeah, I'm, 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 yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> if you're watching trashy movies yeah, this, this month, is then it. this I, is I, for you. And the guy oh, who plays... I'm, I'm filing it right now in the... Yes. We're still shopping for this. After you, this dude, movie, so. you need it. And like the guy who plays Dahmer is the guy... Um, He's in Blood Diner. His name's escaping me right now, but he looks 
exactly like Dahmer. Mm-hmm. And it's basically oh. it's there's a couple things that are like a couple things are mixed. Like maybe a couple of the murders are like, oh, this is kind of two murders put into one. Yeah. But mostly it's pretty straight. They get the smell part right. It, it the movie feels like it smells. <laughs> yeah. Like like it really you're watching does. it yeah. and it's just uh, like yeah. this feels that. smelly. That's- you're yeah, like, yeah, no yeah. amount when, of candles yeah. <laughs> can cover this. When you can describe a movie in that particular way, yeah, yeah I'm sold. <laughs> I'm excited that you guys haven't seen it. I'm just excited for you guys to watch because it is it is a favorite. I think, Gray, actually, when we moved out here, one of the first, I believe we watched it with you, right? We I think had we, a very casual hangout where we uh, had a couple <laughs> beers and watched The Secret Life, Jeffrey Dahmer. Just these yeah. two guys, I yeah. wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way to do it. Yeah. But now, Sean, you said now you guys were in a, you're in a trash movie month kind of thing. What's been some yes. highlights? <laughs> um, highlights... Uh, we started off with Death Nurse, which is amazing. Death, um, Nur- Death Nurse, and did you also watch Death Nurse Two? Or we've not did got you- to Death, yeah, Death yeah, Nurse yeah, Two yet? Yeah, yeah. I think it's some recycled footage. Insane. So uh, mm-hmm. yes, yes, so, yes. You, know, you see like ten minutes of that in Death Nurse. Yeah, you I got big, big fat F. My favorite so far. I'm trying to think of what because because we've watched we've watched a ton of stuff, and what 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 did I what did I really like gush over. Oh man. You said it's been a lot of shot on well, video this month, right? You were saying that yeah, it's, it's been, been well, I mean, it's, it's been, so it's been like the, it's not, it's, we've done, we've done a lot of shot of, on video, but it's, it's just been, um, it can't just be, you know, uh, it can't just be exploitation. It has to be like the worst, like, you know, like, like dig, nice. dig up the worst thoughts exploitation that you can come up with. And it can't just be shot on video. It has to be a deaf nurse or something like that. that um, right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, I, that, that's, that one, that one stands out. There's, there's at least something else that we watched that I was just like, this is the greatest thing ever. But now my mind has just gone completely Of course, it, it always does. <laughs> yeah. Have you we, seen we call uh, the Night when Killer? When it's being recorded, yet? that's why. Night Killer, have we seen? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was the one, the, the oh. Severn one. That, you remember the mask, the... the... Yes. <laughs> you know, you remember... I think I, I I think I do remember what we're talking. Uh, Stuff is starting to kind of like uh, blend <laughs> together too. The, I mean, the hands that were like very rubbery. <laughs> Yeah. We got that. We have that one on the way. Yeah. So we yeah, actually have yeah, seen it. Yeah. And then a Lifetime movie as yeah. horror. So oh, it's, I'm so excited. Trash. I can't wait. This one, of our, one of our new favorite shot on videos is Blood Lake. Uh, I don't oh know my that God. One. It is really We've got good. Blood Lake just waiting here, but I haven't okay, got so, to it yet. So just yeah. know, Make this, it an event. Know, th- know this about Blood Lake. Most of it is just a hangout <laughs> at a lake in somewhere in Oklahoma. Like, yeah. like it's a way team party. Most of it, like yeah. an hour, is like right, we're going right. to watch some. Get ready for some water. I'm skiing. pretty sure it's fifty minutes. Yeah, with get ready. No I violence. think we timed it. <laughs> no. It's like fifty. It's like water skiing, a game of quarters. I think there's two naps. Yeah, and uh, and and little Tony. <laughs> Little Tony, who is going to be your new favorite uh, actor and character he in the movie, he refers to the ladies as his sex partners. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's my, and he's awesome. like twelve, and he's like twelve years old. It's not my um, girlfriend. That's my sex partner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's been our fa- our recent because uh, kind of for a lot of slashers and a lot of shot on video, like I like the like hangout scenes like almost more now. Yeah. Like final exam, like per, like I love just the I like hanging out with those guys. Oh, like I like hanging Lord. out with yes. the characters. 
<laughs> sometimes more than the I'm like oh yeah I guess they're gonna get killed like ah uh, you know kind of yeah, I'm kind of into this water skiing party <laughs> when you get into the, the 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 regional and shot on video and stuff like that you have to really come to appreciate that kind of, to really get into those movies you have to you have to enjoy those uh, uh, hangout scenes and those like long lulls of like like why did you think that this was the the thing to do here like that the the, the 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 scenes with two guys and things just talking uh, talking over a couple of beers uh uh even though they know that there are monsters in the house already and stuff like yeah 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 and there's, yeah. That, you know? and there's no like boom mic so, you can barely hear I them love it like it's so great much. Yeah. The, the, the zero urgency scenes are just the, the, mm-hmm. the best thing Zero urgency. Wait, is Blonde Death shot on video? Blonde Death shot on Blonde video. That's Death a, Blonde is Death a great, is a really good trashy shot on movie. Death. That's yeah, wonderful. Great title. Yeah. <laughs> well, we haven't we haven't picked out what we're watching tonight yet. So uh, so so all of this is uh, we is, we is always, kind of going to inform the rest of the month probably. <laughs> we actually all we actually always have the uh, bleeding skull book at, yeah, literally I, at I, hand. I, it was literally I, sitting. I, yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Give me a second. Because I, I, I happen to have there it. Oh my God, yes. right next to the bed. Um, they're, they're both holding up. Sean and Mike are both holding up Bleeding Skull. Yeah. We saw we saw um, a couple of movies presented by them the day that the book was released. Oh, awesome. Oh. Awesome. That is fancy. I love yeah. it. That is so so sick. Yeah, we saw a night to dismember and Doctor Bloodbath, both projected from VHS, uh, presented by uh, by 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 the Bleeding Skull guy. Did you did you guys see Last Slumber Party? They, I know they I screened have not it. Seen Last Last Slumber Slumber Party. I need to see Last Slumber yeah, Party because I was. You have it, and you also. I was listening to some Last Slumber Party earlier because yes. I was so excited to see that you had a project because I love that movie, yeah. and I was so excited it's been to a see long that. Time since I've seen it though, but, uh, but he seen hasn't it. seen it. Well, maybe that's tonight. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it yeah. could be. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> or Blood Lake or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, or, you I mean, know you can't go wrong. You can't. Yeah, you seriously I we, cannot. We actually just watched Blood Games, uh, one of the new Vinegar Syndromes that we had oh. not seen before. <laughs> and it's awesome. And it's, actually, we our, our, yeah, we got it. Awesome. Yeah, it was, actu- it was actually very suspenseful and stressful. Like, uh, yeah, like yeah. in a good way. It was in like a it, nice was a- way. it was like one. Of, sometimes, you actually were engaged. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. yeah, obviously, there's different ways to view a lot of these movies, and sometimes you're like, yeah, are we gonna go in to watch water skiing, or are we gonna actually be like engaged in this movie? And Blood Games, we were right. kind of were thinking we were maybe gonna be yeah. more like entertained but, but it, it was, was like oh this is just a good movie like, like demons, it's, it's really good like demons i think demons is great because you know everybody's gonna die so you can just relax and like i find she it very finds demons calming. a very relaxing movie like, demons you know, might be my know, favorite one and two i love them both yeah. yeah i've said this a few times like like if you come to my house and you say i want to watch a horror movie but you don't really know what you want to watch and um and and you let me pick you're probably going to end up watching demons. Oh, <laughs> yes. It's as simple as that. It's you, perfect. You don't get attached to anybody. You, you know to they're all going to go. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's like it's everything about I, I think both of them. I think they're both perfect movies. They are both and, perfect. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. While somehow oh, being the yeah, same movie. We've got time to do a double feature. Yeah, yeah one and two. 
Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's like it. one. And basically, yeah, they're basically the same movie, except one takes place in a movie theater. One's in an apartment. One's got metal on the soundtrack. And one has like Dead Can Dance and Smiths and, and uh, the cult on the soundtrack. Yeah. Oh like, those are basically the differences. Like, <laughs> oh, the soundtrack's sick. Yeah. I just got into a conversation with somebody a couple of days ago where I was telling them that they needed to see the church because yeah. the church mm-hmm. basically, I mean, I know that it was intended to be Demons 3. I didn't realize that when I was first watching it, but I remember when the credits rolled going, it felt like a Demons movie. And, yep. and yeah, sure enough. But yeah, I got into a conversation just like the, the other day with somebody where I was like, oh, if you've not seen that, you have to see it. It's great. So there's yeah. there's also like a Demons 4 and 5 that I've never seen. Or again, never seen again like who knows mm-hmm. what that means. Like they were obviously, right. the name is probably slapped on. But there are Italian like weird post church movies that are have the demon's name on it, which I've never seen. Well, those. you just mentioned now we have to watch them. I think we do. Well, okay, demons, we homework. Well, the church is a uh, Suave, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So I, any I think anything he's done is pretty fine with me. Pretty solid. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like the Cemetery Man and and uh, why am I forgetting Age the. Uh, Love stage fright. Oh, and stage fright. Thank you. That was one. Of, stage fright is completely amazing. That's one that I can watch pretty much anytime. Also, just put it on, and it's like it's entertaining. You know what's funny is that neither of us have seen Cemetery Man. We oh have wow, it. we have it. We've just never well, seen, we haven't it. seen it yet. That was one that the I, video store. I when I moved out of my parents' place and got my own place for the first time, the video store in the town I moved to, that was like three blocks from me. Got that in, and so I rented it and just like watched it. I, I think I rented it like six times. I just kept right, watching right. that movie. So I'm definitely a big fan of that one. I, I not quite uh, trash. I mean, you know, enough, but uh, maybe it'll have to wait till August. <laughs> yeah, yeah, August will roll around eventually, though. <laughs> Man, awesome. Well, one project I did want to ask you about, Richard, is a upcoming project that I. Uh, and privy to that is going to be coming out soon. And I wanted to ask you about Jumping Tiger. Oh, yes. I'm very <laughs> excited about Jumping Tiger. Um, can you give me a background on, on just give a, give our listeners a little background on the upcoming project, Jumping Tiger? <laughs> well, uh, Dominic had uh, contacted me about... Um, working together on something and he had asked um he said i remember you had a project called jumping tiger uh that you had talked about in the past but did you ever do anything with it and i said no and he said i really love that name you know would you be into doing a project with me using that name and i said of course and he said but he had an idea which was would you do vocal stuff for it which you're not known for doing, but would you do it for this particular project? And, and he would do all the other, uh, you know, music for it, so to speak. And so I said, sure, you know, I'll, I'll do it. I mean, normally I wouldn't do something like that. Um, but I thought I'll, I'll try it, you know, cause I've, I've done some vocal stuff on previous releases but there are some releases of mine solo that I didn't do vocals on and other people did. And I used it in those releases. So not all of vocal stuff that you might hear on some of my releases are for me, but um, most of them are. So he, so Dominic said, would you do? And I said, sure. And I said, let me see what I can come up with because 
I want it to be something that is not forced. You know, it doesn't come across very forced because there's a certain sound that I like to do when it comes to vocals. So I w- went in and started recording some stuff and I wasn't sure what he was going to think of the material. So I sent it to him and he really liked it. And he said, this sounds really like something you you just went in and was like, I'm going to just try this. And he said it just seemed very organic. It just seemed very natural. And um, there's a lot of feedback, of course, in in the vocal stuff. Uh, And I was just saying a lot of, you know, really perverted stuff. So, (laughs) so he, he liked it and uh, he said, send me some more vocal stuff. So, um, and he said, but I don't want you to have to do it. If you're not feeling it, just do it when you feel like doing it. So I did. And so over, you know, a month uh, of recording uh, different vocal tracks, uh, he finally got some some material together. He said he got really inspired by what I was doing and uh, and really started working on it. And um, so there's, a, I think, a, a demo of it uh, coming out. And I think there's a vinyl that he's working on with it as well. Um, so it's kind of, um, I guess you could say somewhat power electronic sounding, um, but I, I wanted something that sounded very, uh, I guess, old school. <laughs> um, but my vocals are very muddied, and they're muddied in the sense of uh, the feedback, mostly. I, I didn't do much to alter my voice. Um I didn't, you know, do anything like that. It was just all done in one take and uh, just with a lot of feedback. And I I told him there was a point where I was actually doing some of the vocals using a piece of sheet metal in front of my face um, to see how that would sound. And I think that was probably the stuff he liked the most. Um, So I did that again, using the, the sheet metal in front of my face, doing vocals and recording it that way so i'm so, i'm very excited i'm uh, excited and i think too. that's cool. what kind of what you know you were talking about earlier about i i think that that is kind of a cool way to approach like kind of coming at you with like a, an idea of something to do rather than like will you do something that sounds like you know this tape it's more like hey what a cool, cool kind of a cool different thing uh to have yeah. you do and i think that's exciting so now are the vocals there's vocals on i keep my stuff inside right Yes. Is that you? Yes. Yes. Those that, are that you. Is. Yeah. Great title, by the way. Look, oh, it's so good. One well, that, that title. One um, of the best. The the title actually came from the photographer who did the artwork for the album. Uh, he was a friend of uh, Carol, who is also in Black Other Jesus and uh, also illicit relationship and uh, and painful vigil. She had a friend who was a photographer and. I liked his work. I saw some of his work at an exhibit. And so I asked him to do the artwork for the, the Tesco album. So actually that's someone that I got to do the artwork for it. Um, and so when he, uh, one of the photos that I saw at that exhibit, he had scratched on the negatives. I keep my stuff inside. So 
um, I asked him if I could use that for the, the cover and he said, yes. And I told him I, I would like to use that title because I mean, it, it, I love it, you know, and the, the place actually that he did the photos is in front of uh, this place that we used to do shows at called Commerce Street Artist Warehouse. I thought it was Commerce Street. Oh, wow. And cool. So I thought it was fitting. And so the whole, I keep my stuff inside, you know, let me in, which was a very, he, this, all those, th- that title came from that photographer. And I just wanted to um, keep it along, along the lines of, of using that title because I just thought it was a great photo. And, you know, I just like the way it sounded. So it actually um, was his idea. Whose so, idea was it for the lock? Uh, Tesco. Uh, Tesco is the one who said that they were not going to give people the, the keys and to have them figure a way <laughs> on how to, to get to the record. So I've, I've gotten some, uh, some nasty uh, letters because of that. <laughs> Well, because they thought you know, I was the one who suggested it. I well, I and love it because they destroyed the cover to get to the record. Right. Well, um, I have an unlocked one that, and, and someday we're gonna make a video. Uh, we were actually playing a it again before all this happened. Um, but Gray uh, has taken locks. up to a a. a lock picking hobby um so we're gonna see if if gray can uh can pick the lock gray should have come uh, with every record yeah one gray with every record so we're gonna do a video at some point where gray is gonna attempt to pick the lock uh and see if he can do it um so and we will you know no damage yeah 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 yeah. we'll see we'll see what happens um i unscrewed my copy uh from the from the backside to uh, to get the lock off or to get the U bolt through it off. Oh, okay. Wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> I love. I love. I would it, have though. mangled it. I wreck all the special packaging. I just rip into things. It's bad. You're more bad with the. <laughs> it's you're more bad with the CD flappy things. The, the, I hate the, those. The, yeah, you, you, the teeth. She'll get a tooth on the other side of a cover, and it just you know. Uh, Yank it right out. Yeah, it's yeah. Bad. It's you know. <laughs> wow, awesome. Well, I mean, obviously, we could just talk for like ten hours yes. about everything, but you know, I think this is uh, I think this has been a great conversation. Uh, thanks oh, so yeah. much for. Yeah, uh, oh, thank you for uh, oh. being a part of this. We Hopefully didn't even you get can to find some way to make all of the supply noise wise, but uh, you know does. what? I think, but that's, but that's just, but that, and we but, didn't even get to talk about mad recital. <laughs> but, the, but that's oh. the thing I think. But that's the thing I think. But I do think the thing with noise is it's every all of it's those influences. It's yeah. all of it. It's your guys's your unique. Like Tara always says, it's it, we're all just human pedals, and it's right. just. It's taking it through all that, filtering it in, and then all of a sudden we have these, you know, we have your unique take on noise. All everyone's unique take on noise. And I think yeah, that's I mean, what it is. It's you know? a very yeah. obsessive genre. So yeah, you have mm-hmm. to have those little things that 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 um uh that 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 feed into it. So yeah, that's <laughs> in that way I think this conversation 
conversation has been pretty perfect. <laughs> totally. And yes. I think it's especially with noise and abstract sound, the context is such a huge part of it, the f- way you frame mm-hmm. it. So, you know, when when you get a, a, a something on the ge- part of the Giallo collection, you know, it's like you're thinking about, you know, a Giallo and you're listening to it and it, it frames the context. Um, and Giallo and noise, you know, it, it's the same way. Like you're not bombarded with it in your daily life. Like it's something you have to private. seek out. So it's people yes. that are that are looking <laughs> yeah. for something uh, and, and kind of have an idea of the flavor that they want, but are open to, I think, a, a wide variety of things. Thankfully. Oh, oh and I do want oh, yeah, a very so, narrow one. You know, either one. They both work. Who gear, cares? Gearing <laughs> up for the episode, I wanted to make sure to, I wanted to see why I like Jumping Tigers coming out soon, but I wanted to see what. Uh, as far as I could tell, was the newest project, and if as far as I could tell, is it French Sex? Was that oh, the yes. newest? Yeah. So yeah. I, made, I made I that I was like I want to I want to listen to the newest project. I loved it. Mm-hmm. It is a straight. It sounds like you recorded it like down the street from what was it's. I don't know. I don't, literally don't know how you made. I this walked sound. in the room. I was like, "This is weird. What is this?" You're like this is. It's <laughs> such a strange. Do what's the setup well, for French sex? <clears throat> the thing is, some sometimes because I I like that sound too, or something that has a very muffled room sound. So yeah. sometimes I will put the microphone away from me and see what kind of sound I get from it being away from me. And um, that particular one, the microphone is, we have uh, a wall that a lot of sheet metal is leaned up against. And this is actually placed behind all of that. So I think that's what gives it kind of that oh. far away sound. And I just, you know, try to have everything um, low to where it's barely getting a read. Um, And you hear more of the room sound than anything else. And so that's what I did with that project is just have the microphone away from me and behind a bunch of sheet metal that was just leaning against the wall and just trying to get the sound that that was that I was getting from doing that. So I love it with, with something like the French sex and, and, and uh, that method of working for that release, is that something you'll apply to any future recordings with that? Like, is that the way you're going to record yeah. for that project? A lot in the of future? times if there's a certain way that I will do a project, I will try to continue to do that with that project. So yeah, it's probably something that I will, try to continue to do like one of my other projects um blackout order um a lot of that is uh taken from films um they're just raw sounds from films that i just put together in a release and so there's no absolutely zero distortion no effects on it whatsoever um for that project Oh, I'm gonna check that. Out. I don't. I don't know. That one. I don't know. Blackout order. That's exciting. And then, and yeah. then again, we both. We both have. I mean, like the 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 thing. The thing with with our multiple projects is that we both have things that like like each project is done a certain way. That's the parameters. And done that certain mm-hmm. way all of the time and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of something that I learned from from Richard in a lot of ways. But, um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, there's like, there's definitely something to, well, each one of these projects is done this certain way. It might all be wall noise, 
but it's done in a different, you know, like in, yeah. in a various, various. Yeah. Way. There's certain wall noise projects that uh, I'll do a certain way or I'll utilize something um, that I won't with other projects. And, um, or sometimes it, I'll use a pedal that I won't use on other projects. And sometimes I'll take a pedal from him <laughs> and use it, but there might be only one pedal being used, but it'll be something that he normally uses and I don't. And I'll just apply it to one particular project and continue to do that with that project. Um, so it, there's a lot of, you know, uh, I like to try to find new ways to, I, I'm more about finding sources, you know, for a project more than what am, what pedals am I going to use? It's more of what am I going to use as source? And sometimes it could be putting a contact mic up against a fan or an air conditioned unit or something or to the floor, taping it to the floor and getting the sound of the, you know, what I can get from the floor. Like, you know, the, when the air condition turns on, you know, the floor tends to rumble upstairs. Right. And so you can get a certain sound from that as well. So usually I, I try to find something and think, okay, I like the way that sounds. And I think I could apply that to a certain project. And it's not, like I said, it's usually the source of something versus what affects pedals I'm actually using. Okay, so since you've said it's largely about sources, I hope you don't mind me asking, what are those three pedals in the arsenal? <laughs> well, the pedals that I use a, a death metal pedal, uh, the fab uh, distortion, and the um, grunge pedal. No, it's not no. the grunge. Oh, you've been using my holy grail. The wow. holy grail <laughs> pedal. <laughs> That's what I've been using lately. But before that, I was using, I had a grunge pedal and then that, I think that got, it just died on me. Before that, Mm -hmm. I was using the attacker distortion pedal, uh, which wasn't that great, but, you know. uh, So those are usually the main things I'll use. There was at one point I was using the French toast uh, pedal and just using that. Again, I usually only use two or three. And so it's a mixture of them, but those are the main ones that I use and that's it. All right. Wow. <laughs> that's so awesome. And then, uh, and I may be mistaken because you guys might have 10 projects since this, but the most recent thing that at least I could tell that was the, the two of you is the pink trade, the section 28, if I'm not mistaken, or at least it's a very recent one. I mean, I know that that name had been around since the nineties, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, now it's you that- two, right? Yeah, yes. I think that's. I think that is the 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 most recent thing that we started. Yeah, like focusing on just. Yeah, I I did the project once, uh, in the mid '90s, and so we did the one release, and then I wanted to revive the project and have it a little bit more focused, and so I wanted to do the project with Sean. So we started I, doing it's that. Recently. So so good. Now is yes. that one. Are you guys recording together or is that a constructed one? That's recorded together. Yeah, together. we recorded yeah. together. Yeah. It is an awesome one. And Sean, your newest uh, solo thing is Thin Mountain. Is that correct? The, the yes. tape just came out on yes. Deathbed? Right that's, uh, oh, that's, yeah. That's, so, yeah, that's uh, 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 about yeah, like the past, like, well, actually, since since the since the beginning of uh, uh, the whole COVID quarantine, that's when... Uh, 
that's when I started that. Okay. But, um, yeah, it was that, and that's another one of those things that it was, it was, it was basically exactly because of a piece of gear. I bought a pedal from um, uh, from Alex, and when I was mm-hmm. testing it out, I liked what it did so much that I ended up recording what what Alex ended up releasing as Thin Mountain One, <laughs> and he he ended up releasing it because. Hey, I bought this pedal from you, right? And um, and he immediately was like, hey, if, you, "If you if you want to do it as a project, I'll I'll put it out." But yeah, it's uh, it's it's that is that is my most recent uh, project, and I, I love doing it. It's a, it's a it's a good little minimalist wall noise thing. And you have that lathe? Yeah, I've got I've got a um, I've actually got a seven inch lathe of that coming out. Um, probably sometime in August. I think that, I think they told me it'd be about eight weeks. So some, sometime mid August, I'll see that. All right. Oh, cool. Heck yeah. are you, and you're, are you doing that yourself or someone else putting it up? Yeah, I'm putting it out myself. Oh, awesome. On next Halloween. Um, no, it's, it's the white visitation is, is white the, visitation. The, mm-hmm. the thing that I do. Yeah. Next is next Halloween, is both of, of you. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 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 And then room 2A, is that just you? Okay, okay. Yeah, just, just right <laughs> this is a fun game. I like this. And how about, uh, how about any upcoming uh, Black well, the, Leather Jesus? The whole thing of room 2A yeah, was trying to kind of get away from deadline, uh, which obviously it's not going to happen. Right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I mostly release stuff under room 2A and not deadline. Most of the stuff with deadline is lately has been a lot of the reissue stuff. Right. Right. Yeah. Dude, what is dude, what is MRAT? Okay. Like so so like <laughs> I've I've said on the podcast and I, I'm sure you've probably noticed, like I will a lot of times I'll go on your band camp and just look for it. I'm like, okay, I want to look for a random yeah, exactly. one that I don't yeah. know what this is. And MRAT was one that you just recently put up. And I'm like, okay, what I'm biting. What sure. is this? And it is a strange strange one what what what, what was that um, well okay originally um the project it was marat okay and so it was m-a-r-a-t okay right right and so but it it was marat slash and then it was supposed to be an acronym uh m-r-a-t and uh, a friend of mine had asked me to do a release for his label back in Houston. Um, so I, you know, I went ahead and did it and I did it under that name, but um, the acronym was something that was going again. It was, I mean, not any kind of original idea. It was going to be something different every release. Mm-hmm. And so I lost interest in, in doing that with the project. Um, so usually I would just, when people would ask about it, I would just say it's Marat. You know, that's just how right, it's said. Right. So it, it, the whole idea of the acronym just sort of went away. But it was a project I, I did a few releases with and never did anything again with it. I mean, there's certain projects I've done uh, back then that I, I stopped doing back in the 90s and probably will never do again. Um so, yeah, it's an odd one. I mean, I just reissued the very first release of it. Right, yeah. Um, unfortunately, some of the other ones I, I don't have the masters to anymore. And the one that was released on the other label, uh, I don't talk to him anymore. 
he was someone who was in Black Leather Jesus. Uh, Rick Bailey was his name. And I released it on his label. Um, and I have no idea how to contact him. Right, Maybe right. Yeah. Do you, uh, well, you, you look like Ray. Uh, I was just uh, going to say, I know uh, the past little bit has shown two uh, sort of reissues of uh, David Gildon's stuff who used to play in black leather Jesus and whom you were friends with, uh, any thoughts on, yeah. on those reissues and nice to see people getting to hear that stuff again or. Yeah. I, I do think people, uh, should hear some of that stuff. The only thing that I'm kind of curious about a lot of these reissues I have never heard of. And I, I was really close to David and I spent a lot of time with him and there are a couple of reissues that have come out that I had never heard. And I mean, as far as like the titles, like I, I never, I mean, the thing with David is that sometimes he would record something and he would title it and give it to somebody. And then sometimes he would give you the same exact release and title it something else. <laughs> okay. So there are several, I believe there's several Gildan releases that are the exact same release, but under different titles because he was known for doing that and he would just hand out stuff to people a lot and just say, Hey, if you want to put it out, if not, I'll give it to somebody else. And then sometimes he would give it to somebody else. And then that other person said, Oh yeah, I'll put it out. And he already gave it to somebody else and didn't remember doing that. And it just got re-released <laughs> under a different title. Okay. Alternate title. And, <laughs> right. So, there's some of those that might be out there, but some of the recent ones I've never heard those titles before. So I, I don't know. And actually uh, I was contacted about um, he was, uh, th this label was going to put out um, a sick cow, which he was trying to release under uh, depressed regress project. And I told him, I said, no, a sick cow release uh, was slave labor. Right. And that's, that's just David and I on that particular release. That's our, that was our, actually our, our, one of our first releases that came out. And uh, so he said, oh, well, I, I have a tape that says a sick cow, but it says depressed regress on it. And he said, can I send you the files and you can tell me if this is you on it as well. Mm -hmm. So he sent me the files and I told him, yeah, this is exactly what I put out. But it sounds like he did another mix of some of the material. And so I said, if you want to go ahead and put it out, you can. Um, I said, but if you could give me credit that I was on it, because I, I was on it. Yeah. Um, and I said, if you can put it out however you want. If you want to do it slave labor or depressed regress, that's up to you. Um, so I, I actually don't know uh, what he decided to do. Um, and some of the, most of the slave labor stuff, like the one that was on Mother Savage, um, I was also on uh, one of the volumes. Uh, I wasn't credited on it, but because slave labor was actually something that David and I started together and we did live shows together under the name Slave Labor. And then, you know, he wanted to include uh, Macronympha in the releases. And I said, yeah, I mean, Let's go ahead and do that. So we did. Um, but then there was a period where, you know, I, I didn't talk to Macronympha. And, you know, that kind of 
where that <laughs> I, I guess I don't know <laughs> if I was left <laughs> out for reason. But um which Joe and I have made up since, you know, right. we, he's been out to our shows and stuff. So we're we're fine now. Mm-hmm. Um but uh yeah, it, slave labor was something that we initially did. And David had various projects. He had one called Maine Wolf, uh Alpha Jerk. Um, he even just played under the name Depress. And um, then he had Sawgasm that he did with two other guys in Houston who I, I don't even remember their names. They, they played live a couple of times as well. Um, so he had other projects. Um, and I, I think sometimes they overlapped. Like I said, I think sometimes he ended up releasing stuff under one name gave it to someone else and titled it completely different project as well. So <laughs> amazing. Cool. You know, cool his zone. history, you know, he, he was, a, he, he had some problems and it, it's just, um, you know, but I was really close to him and, um, you know, there was a period, like I had mentioned in the other podcast that um you know some people thought i was david gilden that I, it was a made-up name and all that stuff and yeah. no i mean when we did the tour <laughs> with roshi um greg from dada drumming is the one who approached me about it he said come on you're david aren't you I'm like no no not <laughs> wow. at all He's so when we got together with austin carroll and domicos yeah it just happened and to kevin be- novak happened to be a tour where everybody there had known him at one yeah, point. Yeah. And so except I, for me, of course, but, and so I said, you know, please explain to him about David. Cause you know, there, there are people on the internet who are saying that that was me, you know, and that he wasn't a real person. And, you know, they explained like, no, he was a real person. You know? <laughs> so they talk about it and they're definitely the people, you know, that you could ask and they have stories about David. We all have stories about him. But I, I was really close to him because I was always going over to his house, and he he still lived at home with his parents at the time. And um, you know, I loved his mom; she was really nice. And you know, so I would go and record with him a lot. He would pick me up, and you know, he lived in a nice area of Houston. <laughs> so he he came from, you know, a well, kind of a well-off family. So, um, but it, you know, he just, all his gear, I mean, he had tons and tons of gear and, you know, everything was given to him by his, his mom. I mean, he would just say, I need a new this and okay, here you go. Go get it. You know? Wow. Um, well, he, put it, he put it to good use. So. Sure did. He did. And that's the thing about David that, I mean, he was a great artist as much as issues that he had. He was a great artist, but boy, when you got him playing live, you could not take him off stage. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, my God. They had to turn off, turn him off a lot of times because he wouldn't stop. Wow. He would keep wow. going. We talking he, an hour uh, and a half? <laughs> wow. The longest he, that I ever saw him play was a, a, about an hour and a half. Wow. Um, I had did like a, it was like a deadline showcase at mm-hmm. this really small place in Houston called the Hoi Polloi. And he opened the show 
with an hour and a half long solo set. Oh my God. <laughs> Just <laughs> sucking the, the energy. Out, fucking, uh, you know, watching. Um, and there was the, the footage um, that's on YouTube uh, that he played with us in Black Leather Jesus. Because uh, there is there's video footage of him. Oh, it's, it's on that old Europa comp, right? The old, uh, original yes. the old Europa VHS, right? Yes. Because the in that performance, uh, it starts off with David, myself, and Randy. And then she gets up and walks off stage, and Scott comes in and replaces her. But the guy in the hat with the guitar, that's David. So Proof. Um, Proof. So he, he's real. He, he was <laughs> real. And, you know, then there's also a lot of things that have been I've been asked about how he died. There's some people who say like, you know, he died one way, some people another. I don't know. I, I, I don't mm. know. I, I lost touch with him uh, the late 90s. Never heard from him again. I didn't even know he had passed until somebody else had showed me an obituary saying that he had passed. So I didn't even know. And it already had been a couple of years after. Oh, wow. Um, so I, I didn't know. Um, but when I saw it, I was like, yeah, this is, this is definitely him. And, uh, cause he was around my age and, uh, it, everything just added up, you know, right. the information was on there. Yeah. So. Wow. Well, rest in peace. And you can, a sick cow is an incredible release, uh, that you can get on Richard's Bandcamp. We, I, we always yeah. shout out, uh, the Bandcamp. There's tons of. So much, so much stuff we talked about today. Just go check it out. Support uh, Richard. Support Sean. And a recent one that just came up. We'll finish off uh, is an incredible old uh, '90s release that you just put up not too long ago. Is the Anal Drill? And who is that? Yes. That's you and who else? Or is it just you? That well, the the early releases. There's different people, but initially it was myself, Ella. And uh, Isabella Kay, who that's not her real name, uh, a cousin mm-hmm. of mine. Uh, she doesn't she didn't want to use her real name. Um, he knows her. <laughs> <laughs> her <laughs> <anal drill>? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so initially, the first couple of releases, uh, that's where it was. And then uh, they didn't want to have anything to do with it later on. And so I, I continue to do it myself. Ella from E. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I just continue to do it later on. Um, you know, solo. But that, the know, one you I just like put up is one. It's an amazing it's name. It's awesome. And the one you put up, the one you just recently put up, I think is was one of the '90s ones, I believe. The yeah, that was actually right, the yeah. first release. Oh, strong yeah. willing of hate. What a great title. Yeah. <sighs> so good. Love it. Love it. Awesome. So yeah, head over, support Richard, support Sean, and uh, guys, thank you so much. This was so awesome. Oh, we appreciate yeah. it oh, so it's been, much. It's been such a pleasure. We yes. had a lot of fun. <laughs> yes, this was so much thank fun. Thank you so much. Yes, Heck, absolutely. We have yes. we have like twenty pages of questions for you guys. Yeah, yeah. So I, think we, I mean, you know, just all it just all kind of. <laughs> well, well, 
We'll we'll do it again sometime if the, if the, if, uh, if if the demand's there. Oh, I guess it, uh, the demand, well, there's, there's definitely three people who demand it. But you know, hopefully, hopefully we'll be able to do this in person at some point. Absolutely. Uh, Maybe watch and, a set. That would be sick. And then and then yeah. like we uh, like we I think we said last time we got to do a, a bonus episode where we all watch a movie and then just do a, do a movie podcast. That would yeah. be yeah, that'd be amazing. Very. You also very need to come ideal. over here and visit us as well. Yeah, we would love to. Yes. We love to. That's uh, yes. that sounds well, like our, our a good time. Is, our, our door is always open. We have well, no, it is not. It is locked. No, it, it better it be actually locked. locked. You better lock it, and the well, windows too. In a metaphysical sense, you better make <laughs> sure to lock it uh, and lock the windows uh, because Richard says so, and I am fully on oh, board with that. Fully metaphysically locked. I got it. I love it. <laughs> awesome, awesome. All right, you guys. Right. Well, thanks so much. Thank you, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you. You've been listening to Noise Extra. Noise Extra is brought to you by Chondritic Sound, a home to noise artists for over 17 years. By Verdant Weapons, maker of quality contact microphones and noise devices, and by our Patreon supporters. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash noise extra, and your support really helps. You can find us on Instagram at noise extra, on the web at noiseextra.com, one E in those, and on Twitter at Noise Extra, with three A's at the end. Thank you for listening to us and to Noise.